This podcast will discuss Chapter 8 on Transformational Leadership from the North House Text, Leadership. A brief overview, this this, uh, podcast will proceed like the others. We'll do a brief overview of what is transformational leadership, talk about the process, talk a little bit about the additive effects of including transformational leadership on top of transactional leadership, and then we'll also talk about... um, Specifically, how how it works, how it's applied, some of the strengths and weaknesses of this approach. So when you start talking about different types of leadership, um, usually the ones that are mentioned when you're talking about transformational leadership, they bring up that there is transformational, there's also something called transactional leadership, and another called pseudo-transformational. And... uh, each of these are important and should be distinguished. So transactional is, um, you know, I, I think the book may give you a percentage, but I would say, you know, 80% or more of the leadership you'll run into in your, your daily lives is transactional in nature. Transactional leadership is based on transactions. So you provide a service, and in return for that service, you get some sort of contingent reward, like a paycheck, right? And so people respond to this sort of leadership um, you know, and it's not a bad form of leadership. You know, one of the things I get concerned about when we talk about transformational leadership is that people start to think, oh, transformational leadership is good leadership, transactional is bad. And that's that's really not the case at all. Um, in fact, there's an article written by Bass, who is one of the primary theorists who talks about transformational leadership. And in the article, Bass tells managers he calls transactional leadership, uh, you know, the, the title of the article is Good, Better, and Best. And he talks about transactional, transformational, and the combination of the two. And so really, you know, Bass is, is saying up front, look, transformational, I mean, transactional is not a bad form of leadership. It's just not the best form of leadership. And so, uh, you know, it's helpful, I think, if you keep that in mind as we discuss it, that transactional leadership is a very common form. It's, it's by far what you'll see the most frequently. It's what most people are more comfortable with. Um, but it, uh, you know, you can improve on it if you could also include transformational leadership. Uh, pseudo transformational leadership is going to look, uh, look, taste, touch, and smell a lot like transformational leadership, but the difference is in the, the in the intent, right? So pseudo transformational leadership, the intent is to improve the outcomes for the leader. The leader is not concerned about his or her followers. Transformational leadership really is about transforming the followers and making their lives uh, better also and their outcomes better than what they had before. So there's a more altruistic or positive um, outlook and um, intent for the followers, whereas with pseudo-transformation leadership, you're really looking at, um, you know, the leader is looking out for number one, and that's really their, their only intent is to make sure that uh, that their outcomes are maximized through the leadership process. So those are the three types, and, and we'll reference them uh, several times here in the podcast. Um, some examples of uh, transactional leadership, like I said, you know, um, if you surpass your goals, you get a promotion. If you turn an assignment, you get a grade. You know, you can think of dozens of examples probably in your everyday life of things you do that are transactionally based so you do them because of the outcome that you will get from it and uh, like I said there's nothing necessarily wrong with it it's just that's transactional leadership and it needs to be differentiated from transformational 
Um, and I, I think I already did a pretty good job of going over what pseudo-transformational looks like. You know, there's some great examples of pseudo-transformational leaders that are kind of high profile in history, like, you know, Adolf Hitler or Saddam Hussein. You know, but I would argue you could even start to get into some pseudo-transformational leaders um, in, in, in the business world today, right? So there are leaders out there who are operating businesses, and those businesses may in fact be successful in their bottom lines right now. And the leader may be uh, charismatic, and they may be high profile, but they may not be really interested in the best interests of their followers. And so in that regard, maybe they're not truly transformational. Maybe pseudo-transformational would be a better, better descriptor. For um, experimental studies that were done looking at the model of transformational leadership, uh, sorry, pseudo-transformational leadership, you know, what are some of the qualities we tend to see in these pseudo-transformational leaders? As I said, they're self-serving. Uh, they tend to be unwilling to encourage independent thought among their followers. They want the followers to think the way they think. Uh, they typically do not display a lot of caring for others. And they typically use inspiration as more of a means for manipulation uh, to get the followers to do what they want them to do. On the transformational side of the spectrum, the positive side, let's look at the, the good side here. You know, you have examples throughout history. Um, a lot of people will cite John F. Kennedy, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, one of the things on one of your slides, they mentioned Ryan White, which is interesting. You know, Ryan White was a child. Most of you, most of you probably won't know Ryan White because you're not old enough. Some of you might be. But, you know, he was a child in the 80s uh, one of, that uh, contracted the HIV virus. And this is at a time when it was very, um, it was not understood well. And he was really being um, singled out, mistreated, um, ostracized by his community and the fear of AIDS. And he used his story and kind of wanted his story to be told and publicized to try to help others who, who he knew at, one, at some point would face the HIV epidemic, even though it might not, um, might not necessarily benefit him in his time. It might help others down the road. And that's a that's a great example of a uh, you know transformational leadership quality. Now, when you start talking about transformational leadership, and the word that will be brought up a lot is charisma, and there have been some theories that predated transformational leadership. Before that term was introduced, people oftentimes talk about charismatic leadership. So, technically speaking, charisma. It, Charismatic leadership and transformational leadership are not the same thing. However, they are very strongly linked. And later on, when you'll see Bass define transformational leadership, he includes charisma as one of the qualities that's necessary to be a transformational leader. So Bass would say that charisma is a necessary but not sufficient condition in order to be transformational. You, you must have charisma. Um, early on, though, the theories were called like the charismatic leadership theory, and it really focused more on the, uh, the personality uh, aspects of leaders who are almost superhuman, who people want to emulate, those sorts of things. So you'll see those, those theories early on, and then eventually you'll see that transform, no pun intended, into the transformation leaderships that will come later. So as I said, um, Bass would kind of reformulate some of these, the early work by Burns and House that talked about charismatic leadership. 
and Bass would focus more attention uh, on the followers instead of just on the leader's needs and suggested that transformational leadership uh, could apply to outcomes that were not positive. So Bass is one of the first ones who recognized this idea of what would become pseudo-transformational leadership, that being transformational could result in some, some bad outcomes, uh, not just positives. And that's one of the things I think is really important. When you see leaders like Adolf Hitler, um, you know, probably not many of you have probably gone back and watched speeches from Adolf Hitler, but he's actually extremely charismatic. And, and the people in the audience, when he's speaking, become highly emotionally involved and, and, and very inspired by his words. And that's a great example of charismatic leadership for negative uh, outcomes, right? So um, it's very important to consider the potential negative consequences that come from charismatic leadership. Now later on when Bass defines transformational leadership, he'll say in order to be transformational, your outcomes have to be positive. They have to be um, to benefit your followers. If they're not, then you're not transformational. You're pseudo-transformational. Um, or as I would say, you're, you're, you could be charismatic and still be not transformational if your, your outcomes are, are, are for evil and not for good. Uh, this part of the podcast, I want to give a little attention to the idea of transactional leadership and how transformational can be used in addition to transactional and actually come up with even better leadership outcomes. There have been some studies done that show that um, work outcomes actually improve the most when you have uh, both transactional leadership and transformation leadership. Now, on the graph, you'll see if you're looking at the slides at this time, um, there's three types listed, laissez-faire, leadership, transaction leadership, and transformation leadership. Laissez-faire leadership is really no leadership at all. <laughs> this is hands-off. Maybe you've had this boss. This is the boss who never engages in anything, takes no responsibility, never uh, gives any direction, just basically abdicates all authority altogether. That's laissez-faire leadership, and it is the worst, uh, not surprisingly, form of leadership because it really is the absence of leadership. Transactional leadership um, can be positive, as I mentioned, and there are two types of, uh, or two manifestations of transactional leadership. Transactional leadership can uh, be evidenced at, by management by exception, and that is both uh, passive and active. So management by exception means so we're in the, the realm of transactional leadership. So that means you're doing something for an outcome. So uh, you know you, you turn in your report on time so that you receive your monthly paycheck or your bonus or, or what whatever. Um, management by exception means that your supervisor is really only engaging with you when there is a a, a problem, right? So so when um, when the report is not turned in on time, then they, they engage with you. So they don't, they're not constantly checking with you and supporting you and giving you encouragement and touching base and those sorts of things. They, they kind of have a laissez-faire approach in that they're not really very hands-on. But unlike laissez-faire leadership where they're completely out of the picture, they do jump in the picture. They just wait to jump in until things go bad. <laughs> so you, you, you may have experienced this type of leader before. Now, Sorry, active management by exception. These are folks who are who are kind of monitoring you from a distance, and they're making sure that things are happening. They're not engaged with you, but they will probably 
catch it before the report fails to completely be completed or, or, or before the client complains. How about that? So before there's a complaint from the client, they will intervene. That's active management by exception. Passive management by exception is the leader who, who is so removed from the process that they don't even realize there is a problem until the client complains. And by then it means you didn't turn in the assignment, the report was never completed, the report was never delivered, and the, the client is now upset. So you have active management by exception and passive management by exception. In either case, they're, they're not really ideal. What you want is a transactional leader who, who does not engage in management by exception, but instead uh, you know, actively manages and, and is engaged. Now, within uh, transformational leadership, there are the four I's of transformational leadership. So these are the, um, they've been called dimensions, although dimensions has a connotation that there is a psychometric property where these are all independent of each other. So for example, you have one eye and you can you could have one of these eyes and not have any of the other ones. Um, there's some discussion still in the research about whether that's the case. But regardless, these four eyes are, are four dimensions or four facets of transformation leadership. So in order to be transformational, you would need to um, display these four uh, criteria or, or four dimensions to really um, exhibit true transformational leadership. So we'll, we'll go through each of these and, and talk about them uh, briefly. The first one is idealized influence. Idealized influence is basically the, the, the reality that if you are a transformational leader, you are probably serving in the role model capacity. So people are looking to you for how to behave and how to act. Uh, you should be employing high moral standards, and ethical standards and you are making others want to follow you in your vision because they're idealizing. They, they want to be like you. They want to be associated with you. <clears throat> so that's the idealized influence uh, component, this modeling um, component. Inspirational motivation. This is, this is one that probably gets, I don't know, maybe the most play of all the transformational qualities. Inspirational motivation. Uh, transformational leadership is above all else, it is emotional. People do not choose to follow transformational leaders because of logic and reason. Those things are important, and it's not to say that um, transformational leaders need to be illogical um, or irrational, but the reason why people buy in and the reason why people invest their time and their energy and their efforts and their passion behind someone who's transformational is because of the emotions that are evoked. Um, their speeches, their talks, their one-on-ones tend to uh, make people emotionally invested. People want to uh, achieve things greater than they can achieve by themselves. They want to work for the greater good. Um, they're inspired to do great things. Um, and, and leaders, you know, Steve Jobs is a good example of this. Uh, I think Steve, in many ways, was uh, very hard to work for, very demanding, and, and not well-liked in some, some instances but always inspirational. Um, people always came away from meetings with him believing they could do more and wanting to do more than what they ever thought they could do alone. And that's, that's the quality of a, um, a transformational leader and it's based on this inspirational motivation. Next is intellectual stimulation. Uh, transformational leaders typically um, stimulate the intellect, the cognitive side of their followers. Their followers um, 
they, they encourage their followers to be creative and innovative, to, to dream big, to come up with new ideas that no one has thought of before, um, to try new things, to develop new approaches. Um, they support their efforts to, to risk-take and to be uh, innovative. And if it means failure, so be it. But failure is necessary if you're going to innovate. Um, so that is the intellectual stimulation component. It makes their followers think and think differently than they've thought before. And then lastly, individualized consideration. This is the quality that makes, if you've ever, if you've ever been in the presence of someone who was a transformational leader, let's say you were in their presence in a room of 500 people and they were speaking. The transformational leader has a, an amazing ability to make you feel like he or she is speaking directly to you that you are their primary concern, they care about you as an individual, that you're not one of 500 or 5,000 or 50,000 or 500,000, but you're, you're unique and they care about you as a person and not just as an employee and they want to see you succeed and be the best version of you you can be. That's individualized consideration. Um, it, it is consideration behaviors. It is caring for and supporting people and helping them feel that you, you want to see them grow and develop. And then I mentioned in transactional, just briefly, I'll go back to this, but transactional, jumping out of transformational, going back to transactional for just a moment, um, the contingent reward is, like I said, this exchange process whereby, you know, work or effort is is uh, can, is rewarded by some, um, some external uh, reward system, right, some contingent reward. And then I also mentioned managed by exception, the two forms, active and passive. And the last thing I'll mention on this with respect to transformational and transactional again is transactional can be a, a, a very effective method for leadership. Uh, however, research has shown that transformational in addition to transactional is really the ideal if possible. However, as I'll mention again before we conclude the podcast, transformational leadership is um, very difficult to train. Um, it's often thought of in terms of like a trait theory because and I'll tell you why if you've ever known someone who's charismatic that is very much a trait component you could argue it's a skill and you can teach someone to be more charismatic and that's true but at the same time there there are people who are naturally charismatic and there are people who are not and if you are not it is very difficult to train someone to become charismatic it's not to say you can't make efforts, you can't make inroads, you can't improve, but um, there certainly appears to be a trait level of charisma which is, is necessary to, to be transformational, which means while it might be ideal to have leaders who are both transactional and transformational, um, it's challenging because I can teach people to be transactional in a, in a positive way. It's very difficult to teach someone to be transformational. That's a much uh, more challenging proposition. Uh, there are a few more slides in the deck, if you're looking, that talk about some different applications of transformational leadership. You'll want to take a look at those and make sure and reference them in the text. I'm not going to cover them during this podcast.
So some of the strengths of transformational leadership, um, it's been broadly researched. There's a lot of research findings, especially considering it's one of the newer streams of research and leadership. Uh, it has intuitive appeal. It is focused on a process. Um, it does include um, examination of followers and an attention to followers, which is really important. And the research supports the effectiveness that you can actually improve performance of work groups and organizations by uh, successfully uh, implementing transformational leadership approach. Some of the downsides to um, transformational leadership, it does tend to lack some conceptual clarity, as I mentioned earlier. It's difficult to navigate you know, what are the different dimensions of transformational leadership? How is it different from charisma? How is it the same? So there's some confusion, I think, sometimes uh, around the topic. Um, and like I said, there, there's a few other um, few other things down here. It suffers from uh, heroic leadership bias, and that is we tend to focus on these great men and women and the, the trait theory and the idea that you're born to be a leader, um, which we're trying to get away from. So, so it definitely kind of reverts back to some of that and the potential uh, for abuse. So all in all, uh, transformation leadership, a very fascinating topic. Like I said, lots of research on this. If you're more interested, I can give you more readings. It, there's just a, a real plethora of um, insights and research in transformation, transformation leadership. And I, I really encourage you to look into it. It's, it's fascinating, uh, fascinating stuff.